wedding, Jim. But not as we know it. How dare you? It is 12 minutes to 4pm on Black Bloody Friday, the 17th of November, 2023, and you are listening to The Bashcast. Bashcast as we discuss our thoughts on a competitor releasing identical copycat trackers to those we've built at Bookie Bashing. Are we being played? Who is doing the playing? Do we need to worry? Can I predict what will happen as a result of this? And where exactly can I find a Black Friday deal on 37 identical plain white polo shirts that are one size too small for me? All of that and nothing more coming up in the Bashcast this afternoon. So you've come a long way, but you'll never have me, you'll never have things for a normal life. It's time to busy earning, you can't get enough. You think that all your time is used to busy earning, you can't get enough. And I get it always, but I bet it won't change. Damn, that's a boring life. It's quite busy earning, you can't get enough. You might have thought that was me singing, but that was actually the band Jungle from the album Jungle. Busy earning, an absolute slammer. Went to see them in Hamburg. Um, The Germans very well behaved at gigs. Nobody on their mobile phones. Uh, Plenty of beer and currywurst available in the Sportshalle. And missed my flight home because I queued at the wrong gate. So I can't really blame anyone other than Ryanair changed the flight from 42 to 53. So we went to 53 and then they changed the gate to 52, but we were at 53. So we still sat there and then we just got into the queue for 53 and it took forever. And as we got to the front, the boarding passes didn't work. And when we said, well, can we get on our plane? The helpful lady pointed to a plane taxiing down the runway, which was our plane. So no, we couldn't get on our plane and we couldn't get home that night. So we were stuck in Hamburg for the night. Whilst in Hamburg, more information comes through uh, regarding the life and times of a man who is too busy earning and cannot seem to get enough. And that is the bellend, the king of the bellends, Sam Stoffel. So I'm going to do a short podcast today on my thoughts about what the hell is going on over at the Stoffel offices. Stoffel offices sounds like someone from Sesame Street. And he looks like someone from Sesame Street. He would be a villain if he wasn't so cartoonish looking. Um... I'm going to try not to incite violence. I was going to say something then, but I would have probably just had to edit it out. So a quick 
summary of events. A if you want to know who Sam Stoffel is and my thoughts on him, there was a podcast I did one or two podcasts ago where I did a segment on him. He's a fraud and a charlatan and a copycat and an aggressive marketer. Uh, he's um, claims to be a businessman, but he has no understanding about macroeconomics and sustainability. Um, and he has copied almost to the T uh, the bookie bashing horse racing pro tracker, uh, the bookie bashing two up tracker. The he takes a lot of our bets that we calculate using our tools, puts them up on his site, uh, even has his own exchange. I have so little interest in the guy, I don't even know what his exchange is called. I've been told, but it's in one ear and out the other. Um, and I say interest in the guy, I kind of mean I'm not fixated by an individual I ho- hold so little respect for. However, uh, it would be supercilious to pretend that I'm either ignoring or not bothered by the blatant skullduggery and the thievery of this, I don't know, snake oil salesman's probably not the right words because um, by copying what we've done, there may be some legitimacy in his work, but I've had one interaction with him ever. Now, I should note, um, whenever I've had issues with what I think um, are not particularly sustainable practices, uh, I've got in touch with Matchbook, had a conversation with them, very, very friendly, very, very open to conversation. Um, Got in touch with Odds Monkey, had a conversation with them, five of them, very, very open, very, very reasonable, um, talking about what can and cannot be done, what is and isn't practical. Um, uh, You know, the way... You could maybe argue that businessmen go about things. Been in touch with, outplayed a couple of times, never heard anything back from them. Was quite surprised that I actually got some, um, um, a little bit of discussion, a very small amount of discussion on Twitter. So um, I was just throwing some shit at him um, about him stealing outplayed stealing the bookie bashing tracker um and he said um you know full well it's not copied which you admit in your brackets now deleted post when you acknowledged we use different models um well let me just finish what he says first and i'll come back to that our algo is better faster and more accurate we offer better features and we charge less for it than you do that's called innovation friend do you know that there's like various people in your life that you get rid of when they're super irritating or annoying or um, gaslighters, people like that, you know? He would be one of those people. Um, and he since he said that com- comment and then he blocked me. So I can't, he, he's, got, he's dumped me, I haven't dumped him. That's the most irritating thing about that exchange. Um, he, my now-deleted post um, where I admitted we use different models, um, somebody... When I had a little moan about it on Twitter, what you get is you get a large number of people who have never subscribed to Bookie Bashing who are unhappy in their own lives and they just throw a um, shade at me because um, I run a service where we very much try and model a lot of things in-house using probability distributions and we model so much more than I can personally get on and if anyone feels the need to 
buy a subscription to Bucky Bashing, then we run the site pretty much at break even uh, with a sustainable model where we've got an idea of the cap of the amount of people that can use the site before the value disappears. Uh, I'm no hero. Uh, I've transitioned from a corporate career, a successful corporate career, into doing that because it allowed me the freedom of time to be around my kids a little bit more. I didn't want to be busy earning. It's not all about chasing the dollar. We could have made a lot more money opening the doors and making it cheaper, but we also understand that um, we would bottom out the liquidity, the availability, the value that was available if we did that. And so the idea behind Bucky Bash was never to be, make a million pounds in a year, which I've seen Sam Stoffel brag about before. The idea behind it was to have a community um, that essentially paid for itself. I mean, these feeds that go into the horse racing track and the golf track, you have no idea how expensive they are. Absolute fortune they cost us. Anyway, uh, someone had suggested, I, I got like 10 or 20 people who just say to me things like, um, well, I have the temerity to model things myself and keep my edges to myself, whereas you're just an each way thief. And I just block every single one of them um thanks very much thanks for getting in touch i'm not interested you don't understand me and i'm not interested in your opinion i think a lot of it's based around jealousy and a misunderstanding of what boogie bashing do somebody did say something i did snipe back to him that i don't just compare everything on the exchange and charge money for it um we do model a lot in-house uh, and then i deleted it because why am i arguing with him just block him it's not i'm not interested so that was my now deleted post i didn't acknowledge that we use different models i acknowledge that we price things up ourselves when we start with the be be algo on the pro tracker and then stoffel admits our algo is better faster and more accurate because he's very familiar with the bb algo he's very familiar with the bb algo because he has planted people into the discord community over time to ask questions about how it works now here's something that has to change for me moving forward and bookie bashing as a whole one of the foundations of the community was a feedback mechanism loop where we had experienced advantage players and we would run various different models, probability distributions, um, see what worked, see what didn't work. Um, we would get great feedback from the members and we would explain in detail how everything worked. And I've done it on the podcast numerous times. So, you know, you could pretty much break down exactly how anything works at Bookie Bashing if you go and search well enough. What have we done there? We've been too open. We we could have done what Outplayed are now doing, which is they just say they've got a secret algorithm. And if we'd ever done that, they wouldn't have been able to copy it. But we didn't do that. We were very open about it. Um, transparency was always very important to us. I think there was a few things that's important to us. Integrity, transparency sustainability i mean they sound like buzzwords but they're all real words right nothing works without any of this um none of this of which they've got sam stoffel carries um and it's why he's su such a despicable um low-life character he has none of those things he's not an honorable human being he's not a high value person um he's a, he's a charlatan and a fraud and not particularly intelligent um which you know shouldn't be something that you hold against someone because intelligence perhaps could be argued to be, you know, it's either nurture or nature, neither of which are your fault. But you do get some smug people that act like they're intelligent, and when they're not intelligent, it can annoy the living hell out of you, especially when you 
runs around stealing a lot of stuff and then makes more money than he should have done at the expense of other people in the gambling community. Um, so he was very aware that his algorithm is the same, better, faster, and more accurate. Now, in terms of better, faster, and more accurate, when you're copying anything, it's very easy to claim that you've copied it better. If, uh, if I was to remake a Tesla, I could perhaps remake a Tesla and take one thing of the Tesla that is suboptimal and slightly change focus on that and then just make everything else identical and bam, I've got a better Tesla, haven't I? Um, to say it's faster and more accurate, um, thank you very much for the tips that we're now going to invest quite a lot into looking at the speed with which information flows through our system, it flows pretty fast just now, but you know what? Maybe we can make it just a little bit faster. More accurate is ridiculous, um, and I'm going to come back to more accurate because someone asked a very pertinent question that I want to answer in a little bit. We offer better features, and we charge less than you do. Well, do you know what they charge? They charge £900 a year, which is £82 per month. Um, there's a few people paying, there's quite a lot of people paying a lot less than that at Bucky Bashing. Um, the current subscription price is £125, which is more than is £82 per month. But guess what? You have an insane variety of additional tools and trackers. I think there's 28 or 29 tools and trackers at Bucky Bashing just now. And he's just referring to the one. So what about the other 27? Not that I want to give him any ideas for copying any of the other ones. And this comes back to what I can share and what I can't share now. Because I'm now very have very little inclination to talk about how anything works. Um, and I'm going to take down a lot of the information on the site about how everything works. And I'm not going to put it on the podcast. So the podcast kind of went in a, on a journey where it started off with me just talking about how much I made. But over time, a few episodes, I don't know how many, that got dull. It got dull for me, but it probably got dull to listen to as well. You don't need to know how much I've made. I have a, maybe have a different bankroll to you. Maybe have, you've got a bit bigger bankroll than me. It's not really important. ROI is more important than the number of pounds that I make on anything. Um, it's all fair game. You're no better than me because you've got a... Or I'm no better than you because I've got a £50,000 bankroll and you've got a £5,000 bankroll. You're no better than me if you've got a half a million pound bankroll. Congratulations, you came into inheritance from your aunt Eileen who passed away and you sucked up to her for the majority of your life. So the, the, there's no heroes in bankrolls and no, there's no heroes in people that stake higher than other people. And perhaps you're, a lot of people are in syndicates and they combine their wealth. And be very wary when you hear about Twitter tipsters and other successful punters talk about how much they make because many of them are in syndicates and they share the money. So I'm very less inclined to talk about the edges. I don't, I'm, I'm also less inclined to go back into how much I make. So it leaves me with what is it that I talk about. But today I'm going to try and talk about what I think is going to happen. And I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. What we do have is a past history, okay? So Sam Stoffel aggressively marketed match betting um, so hard that the offers went from £100 refund to £2 refund, and that it was him that did that. It was him. If he wasn't around and he hadn't aggressively pushed profit accumulator, pro someone else probably would have. Or Which one is he? Is he maximizer or accumulator? Whichever one he is, he's now outplayed. Somebody else probably would have. 
and somebody else would be the cartoon villain. Um, but so it's not like if he hadn't done it, the valley would be around. Like I said, that's probably incorrect. It probably would have happened slower, and it may not have happened as badly. But he is the reason why. And then Mike Krushank, who made a lot of people, a small community, a lot of money over at his service. Stoffel just copied everything that he did, and he killed the casino offers. Of course, nobody's got a claim to keep casino offers for themselves, but perhaps there is an element of sustainability as the you don't market the amount of value that is available in 50-pound EV reloads um, too widely because you've got to be conscious when they stop offering the 50-pound EV reloads, and that's exactly what happened. So he's got form in this arena. And one of the issues he has, and I'm, I have no empathy for the guy, so please don't believe that I care about the issues that he has, but as someone that lacks any ability to think for themselves or any innovation, innovation, by the way, you define innovation by new ideas or methods. <laughs> and, and he literally says in his tweet to me, that's called innovation friend. And by the way, the passive aggressive use of the word friend does warrant therapy for his i, I bet he, he won't be able to sleep at night he, he, he certainly has his own demons just by the way he carries himself as a human being which makes me happy by the way i have i have schadenfreude that he is almost certainly an unhappy and um as low self-esteem as an individual you can just tell by the way he comes across so and i'm happy as well as that why because i'm a bit of a dick but at least I'm comfortable in myself being a dick, unlike him. He's a dick and he's not comfortable in himself being a dick. Um, so trying to predict the future of what will happen here based on those two events. Will will each way horse racing go away? No. No, it won't. Uh, other countries do fixed place pricing in their markets where you can bet somebody to win or you can bet them to place, but those two are completely independent odds. And so um, there is a lot less opportunity to exploit um, bias in those markets or, uh, you know, where there's not a linear relationship between um, the win and the place part, which there isn't in any sort of modeling of sports betting and sports probability. So will that go away? No, I don't think so. And the reason being too many people, too many casual recreational mug punters, which who are having the worst time in the UK markets anyway, even as recreational punters, but too many of them rely on it as their sort of favoured method of betting on horses. So it won't go away. Will the value be eradicated in other ways? There's two different ways they could do it. Prices could get worse, so overruns higher. Now... That's slightly difficult because of competition. But then if all the competition are getting murdered because this has been mass marketed to 40,000 people, it's possible the overruns go up and therefore prices come down and therefore value might start to thin out, maybe, could happen. Probably more likely place terms start to become worse by this i mean fewer extra places perhaps one sixth odds maybe even one seventh odds that that kind of thing um 
if that does happen, there will still maybe be a smattering of value, but it will be nowhere near um, what it was. And the reason mainly will be around this issue of sustainability. So sustainability, it's very difficult to put a number on the num on the upper limit of people that can place um, each way horse racing bets, especially into multiples like lucky 15s, lucky 31s. Um, so we can separate out. We know that bookmakers think that people that place singles are sharper than people that place multiples. So placing multiples can mask your identity. I do understand there's a lucky 15 tool coming from Outplayed in the next few weeks. Something that we know has happened in the past is that we tried. So when we try and predict an upper limit, what we do at Bookie Bashing is we make the barrier for entry harder and harder until it becomes prohibitively difficult for the even seasoned advantage player to join us. That's not us getting greedy. That's us managing community size and sustainability. And we've got to be careful here because we always have people leaving. And if we have fewer people joining and we start seeing too much decay, what do we do then? And that was always the worry. But we never reached our upper limit. We certainly don't think it's in the thousands and thousands. That's way too high. Uh, and there was proof in this last year. Was it last year or the year before? Where we got notification that somebody was using a bot. In fact, multiple people were doing this, but the worst example of somebody we caught was using a bot to scrape the bookie bashing horse racing tracker 24 hours a day over and over again. And then they packaged this up into an API and resold it to people, including a bot that would place bets on their behalf. And what was happening at Bet365 is lots of accounts were placing the same lucky 15. So you've got six meetings a day. You've got eight races per meeting, 48 races, and you've got 12 horses per race. You've got 600, 500, 600 horses running in any particular day. And Bet365 are seeing that the same four horses are being put into lucky 15s each way at the same prices at the same time over multiple, multiple accounts. So without any idea that they're even value bets because they're running through the BB algo, without any idea that they're value bets, the, all what they know is that numerous accounts are placing the same bet. So all they have to do is identify where multiple accounts are placing the same lucky 15 and just restrict those really, really quickly. And it got to a point where... Because this bot was running, the Bet365 um, on the horse racing tracker was becoming useless because people were individually placing the same bets that the bots were placing for multiple people and they were getting caught up in this net that Bet365 were identifying them as pulling the same information and just restricting them. And it was killing us. I mean, nobody wanted to use Bet365 for horses for a long time. So we had to find a solution to it. Um, and we ended up putting up bot prevention measures in bookie bashing where you can't scrape our site. And if you do, you get blocked. And it, a few people got caught up in it that were just clicking a little bit too fast and recreationally and they were single users. And that's unfortunate. But it is unfortunate a few bad actors have to spoil the experience for everyone else. It's why we don't allow like CSV downloads on our trackers, by the way. And if we di if we ever did, incidentally, then there would be a way just to continually take CSV comma separated value downloads from our trackers and anyone could just build a new service and just claim that it's a, their own, like outplayed and just put those horses up on there.
um, which is why we don't do it and why we didn't do it. We had to find ways, like, you could only use Bucky Bashing with your eyes. There's an upper limit to the amount of people that can look at Bucky Bashing, and it's not in the thousands and thousands, that upper limit. That's too many people. Uh, well, one thing I perhaps predict is that, especially with the release of this new Lucky 15s tool that is going to complement the outplayed um, horse racing tracker, is um, that... We're going to go back to those days where the same horses appearing on the same um, Lucky 15s are going to end up with accounts being restricted faster. So um, one of the things they're doing out in Outplayed is they are locking people into a year. I believe you have to buy a year's membership for this. There's a £495 sale um, and then it's £995 for a year. What he's going to find is that after six months, a lot of the people that are using his service won't be able to use it anymore because he very possibly will have got everybody got had their accounts restricted doing it. I don't know if that will happen for sure. Uh, I can't say that he's going to have no effect, but he might. Um, he might have no effect. It's possible not enough people take him up on it over there because he's trying to transition he's desperately trying to find people a way of making money because he's killed his previous edges by pushing them too far he would have been much better off not being as greedy a, a bell end that he is making less money for himself but being able to do it for longer periods and therefore making more money for his members bear in mind his members make less money because he's greedy he's greedy stupid he's he, he absolutely no fashion sense his squirrel little cheeks look like you just want to grab him and shake him around he's narcissistic he uh, and for all of these reasons his members make less money because he's too greedy and is making too much money for himself by pushing this too far and wide and that's, there's only one person who's at fault there, and that's him. Of course, he thinks he's the genius in this whole operation. So that might happen. It might it might just be faster restrictions. So am I worried? Well, worried's too much of a strong emotion. Um, he will have a tangible negative effect on the experience of bookie bashing as a whole. Uh, perhaps some people leave us and go to him. He is definitely targeting our members. He he thinks he's cheaper, but he offers nowhere near the same amount of value, uh, tools and trackers and things like that. And I'm not even going to discuss what I think, unfortunately, is the high-value stuff that we do that he hasn't copied. But what I'll tell you this is horse racing has been in decline in my portfolio for some time, regardless of Stoffel. Uh, I primarily do other things. And at this moment in time, you might be able to piece it together if you listen to about 10 or 20 podcasts, what my favorite stuff to do is. At this moment in time, I'm, I'm not in the mood to discuss what it is that I do primarily or secondarily or tertiary. I, I think Horse Racing is probably number four with three other edges that I hit way more frequently with more passion than I do horse racing, okay? Bread and butter might be the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff. It also might be the next to go. It might not, but it might be the next to go. Someone asked the question 
on our forum. Ignoring our affinity for Bucky bashing and dislike of outplayed for a minute, what should we be concerned with two competing tools both claiming to do the same thing, both with the similar algorithms and both parties think that their method is correct, yet they're producing very different selections and EV figures? It's a very good question, and here's here's my answer to that. What this question refers to is that we have the BB algo, which predicts the probability of the place where there is no liquidity based on eh, 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 not going to say it anymore. Not actually, not talking about how we came up with it before, but it just, it's a secret BB algo. And the outplayed algo does exactly the same thing. And yet there's different EV on outplayed than there is on bookie bashing. Why is that? Shouldn't it be the same? So let's just get into probability distributions for a, a second. There are various different probability distributions out there, probability distributions are mathematical functions that describe the probability of different possible values of a variable. So let's say you and me are going to run 100 meters, and the last 10 times I've run it, I do 9.1, 9.2, 9.3, 9.2, 9.1, 9.2, 9.3, 9.1, 9.2 seconds. And the last 10 times you do it, you do 9. 0, 8.9, 9.4, etc., etc. right? So you've got some history, some of time series that you've run the 100 meters in. So do I. We can take averages. There are various average techniques, medians, modes, and there are more. And then we can use a probability distribution. There are various probability distributions, binomial, Poisson, uniform distributions, standard normal distributions, F distributions. And I'm not going to go into any more detail about what would be appropriate anymore because I just feel like who's listening these days? I'm, I'm always concerned someone's poking their head over my shoulder and listening to what I'm saying. But when we looked at doing this now, not for you and me, but for horses, we have to make a decision about how much detail and level we go into. In an individual race, you could do quite a lot. In fact, sharp horse racing punters get their edge by through the fact that there are so many variables and factors that come into the prediction of the time that a horse is going to run a race. But all horse racing is, is predicting that this horse is going to run it in this time, this horse is going to run it in this time, this horse is going to run it in this time, and then can we have a probability distribution over which horse is going to run it on average in the fastest time. And we can convert that prediction into probability or odds using one of those techniques. That's all it is. What data goes into it? Some data went into our analyses and does go into our analyses for BB Algo. Some data goes into outplayed. Why would you just shout out? watch in the middle of a podcast some data goes into outplays algorithm um it's not the same data are they right and are we wrong no we've just used two different techniques with various degrees of precision i actually don't know who's more accurate and i can't know because i don't know their algorithm they can't know how accurate we are because they don't know our algorithm, okay? Some people have posited m multiple times that the person that wrote the BB algo 
at Bookie Bashing went over to Outplayed. Well, I'll tell you this. There are three people in charge of writing all of the edges. By the way, that does... that Actually, that's a disservice because we have a BB team and they, they're really good, the BB team, and they sometimes feed their own edges up to us and we run with them and do R&D projects behind the scenes and stuff like that. So apologies to any of the BB team that are listening to this. I'm not ignoring you. I'm, I'm just trying to make the point here that nothing... Really, everything's locked away through Duncan, me, Lee, a couple of other IT professionals who will go unnamed. And I think the BB team, especially with the edges that they've come up themselves, might be familiar of some more. It's a small handful of people. None of them have left. It's the same team that it's always been. If anything, we've just grown, but no one's ever left us. Okay, so no one from BB is working for Outplayed. Okay. So that's the first thing. Secondly, how accurate is ours? Well, we, when we first released a lot of our trackers, did it without fanfare. We didn't promote it. By the way, we never charged anything more when we developed new tools because we can always looking at new tools and edges. So what we relied on was building up huge results databases that can be interrogated. And we do this across shots on target. We do this across um, horse racing and football and everything. And we've got these massive databases. And instead of asking you to trust that we're right, we can point to the data that shows that we're right. And if you're statistically minded, you can work out some p-values based on that data, meaning how statistically likely was it that we predicted it that well? You know, if we flip a coin, I could go, that's going to be heads. And if it is heads, I could profess that I knew that but that's one flip of a 50-50. It does take large sample sizes to look back and point at the data. So I know how accurate our date, our algorithm is because I can point to it. He can't say that his is more accurate. If he's got a super accurate ability to predict place prices, especially at the off, then he doesn't need to sell it through the outplayed horse racing tracker with the outplayed algo. He doesn't need to. The amount of money he would clean up from the exchanges himself, would put him at one of the winningest punters of all time, if it's super, super accurate, right? So it's not super, super accurate. It just has to be accurate enough. He can't profess that... It, well, he can, because he's a charlatan, a fraud, an idiot, a bellend, and a moron. But he, he shouldn't profess that it's more accurate than ours, because he has no way of knowing, and he has no results that he can point to that suggest that it is. He's doing it a different way, and because he's doing it a different way, it's not only understandable, but expected that his prices will be slightly different to ours, and his therefore his EV will be slightly different to ours. Okay? So where do we go from here? Um, well, first of all, please bear in mind the old mantra in all of advantage play and value betting that nothing lasts forever. What were you doing five years ago? What were you doing five years before that? How long have you been doing this? Then it's always a case that we adapt, we find the edges, and we have to accept the inevitable conclusion that always appears when we find decent edges that other people will find it and jump on. So our job is to be on them first and shrug our shoulders and try not to worry about actions that are outside of our control, i.e. what Outplayed are doing. We can't control them. We can't do anything about them. We can be 
annoyed, but don't let it take over us, right? If we can still bet on horses and the value um, hangs around, fantastic. Maybe it won't. Personally, whilst I still bet on horses, as I previously mentioned, my focus is very much on other areas. As someone that is surrounded by a team of really decent, experienced mathematicians, advantage players, and IT personnel, I have full confidence that what we have at Bookie Bashing is true innovation because any time we try and identify an edge, we're coming at it from first principles. We are never, ever concerned about what anyone else is doing. We are always on the hunt, and I mean always because we are <laughs> multiple times a year releasing new tools. We're always on the hunt for the ability to price up things ourselves, identify edges and angles. And then when, you know, we, when we do release a model, it can take some time to prove it. We released the shots on target model. Um, and by the nature of how many games we had and the fact that the shots on target in each individual games were related to each other, Kane related to Son, et cetera, et cetera. They're not independent events. It took us a very, very long time to build up data that we could point to to prove that it's a profitable edge, a profitable edge at the bookmaker and at the exchange. In fact, when enough headline um, shots on target priced up by Skybet lost, the common narrative on the exchange is the tool simply didn't work, that it was wrong, um, that um, our prices were so far out that people were losing money and laying them was the only um, profitable angle. And the only way we could defend it is build up data. And it took us nearly three years to build up data. And after three years, we were able to show that at a certain calibration, because there's a number of different ways to calibrate our tools, the tool predicted that there would be 8,500 and sorry, 8,621 shots on target, and there were 8,612. So 99.89% accuracy, meaning it was predicting the right number of shots on target, and we can point to the data to show that. But it took two and a half years to get that data, by which time, incidentally, we had to accept the fact that a number of people left bookie bashing because they thought that the tool was wrong and they didn't have the patience. And I can understand that they don't have the patience when they don't write the tools themselves. They didn't have the patience to wait. We were trying to get to the 10,000 shots on target match uh, point. We, we had a look at that analysis just before, but I mean, that was 12,786 individual players. So we're always releasing these tools and trackers and monitoring the line and collecting the data not asking you to immediately trust us and in the past we would explain how everything worked and i think in the future we won't be doing that which means that we will lose the confidence of a wider group of people that need that proof but that's at the expense of us not having things copied directly by other services now so we're always we have the innovators, we have the mathematicians and the advantage players. We're always doing these new tools and there are plenty of edges and angles out there and we hold ourselves accountable 
and if something doesn't work we can turn it off or calibrate it uh we re very rarely turn anything off we often occasionally in the past have calibrated things and we've sort of put our hands up when we have not very common but a couple of times just a tweak here and a tweak there has been necessary just to make sure that expectancy that results tie in with what we are expecting to happen in the ev world on the trackers and the tools um there are plenty of more edges and angles at bookie bashing if you're not interested in, um, if you're worried about the horse racing going away. If you're only interested in the horse racing and it goes away, then uh, you had a good run. And I wish you all the best for whatever you choose to do next. And there will be a non-zero number of people who, if horse racing places get decimated and terms get decimated, will wave the white flag. Primarily because it was an area which tended to offer the easiest amount of EV, the easiest amount of ROI, the easiest way of hitting a, a sort of plus EV lottery ticket and getting that half a million pound win. You know what I mean? Um, there will be a non-zero number of people that do that, and I don't hold any grudge or anything against them. Um, and after that, go and explore the other tools and the trackers. Gosh, I wish I could point to a couple right now but there are edges at the bookmakers and the exchanges and there's a training course available but at the moment in time i'm as i've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast i'm not in the mood for sharing exactly what i do at the, just now because who is listening um and there'll be more in the future and the thing about the ones in the future is we're never ever scouring other communities and websites looking at what they do and then copying it and putting it on bookie bash that's not how we work the only place we look at is the odds available at the bookmaker at all the markets that they offer and we see if we can try and beat them. Off the vast majority of the time we can't, but often we can. And the other place, of course, to think about is exchanges because if you find an exchange market where a price fluctuates significantly, I'm not talking about the World Cup final match odds here, but any other market where the odds fluctuate significantly within that fluctuation someone has to have had a good price and someone has to have had a bad price so your job is to get the good price at the expense of the geezer that has the bad price how do you do that you use tools you use you price things up yourself you have an affinity and awareness both of the expectancies the modeling and the areas that you can look at. It's very much self-exploration. Uh, and in the future, in terms of services that Bookie Bashing offers, we're going down a couple of different routes. Um, and I think I can be slightly open about this at least. In terms of the horse racing tracker, we're now going to be adding more features and more improvements into what already exists. But simultaneously, there is a drive now to push people into areas where it's a little bit more specialized. And so few people will be interested in that, but the value will be greater. We're not talking about 5.7% ROI on BB Algo. One other thing, incidentally, just whilst I'm here, someone very confidently claimed that a strategy for the horse racing tracker that is the, they're using is the most profitable 
is placing an each way bet and then laying the win part of that bet. And they were very, very confident that that was the most profitable use of the betting of the horse racing tracker. Now, if they had said it could be a profitable way of using the bet of the horse racing tracker, I'd have had a little bit more patience with them. But it was the um, Dunning Kruger effect, right? Where at the beginning of your journey of any exploration of research or academia or knowledge, you think you know way more than you actually do. And then at some point along very early in your journey, you realize how little you actually know. And honestly, if he'd said it could be profitable, I would have had more time. But he said it was more profitable. So I didn't need to look at the stats to know that it wasn't right. Simply because hedging um, is about risk management. And I think a lot of what Betfair trading community get wrong is they're under the assumption that both their back and lay bets are value bets, where they're not. Um, to be profitable, one of them has to be a value bet and the other one is managing the risk. And in all honesty, they would be more profitable if they understood about bankroll management and variance and only placed the profitable bet. Um, but they often will lay and then back or back and then lay. And more. it would be an extraordinary event if both the back and the lay were both value bets. And then you could you should be doing it. But they actually should be indep it's independent of each other. The fact that you've greened up and managed your risk slightly complicates things but it doesn't matter i mean anytime you see a value bet you should be taking it um now if if a horse is like 9.0 on average on the exchange the exchange price is 15 percent higher than the horse price it's favor long shot bias and that's very much different for higher uh higher priced horses there's more of a difference on the exchange than lower priced horses but on average there's 15 percent difference right um and the price that you get at the exchange at any given time isn't necessarily a value bet. In fact, if you're just taking the lay price, it's not going to be a value bet over a long enough portfolio because sometimes it's the back, sometimes it's the midpoint, sometimes it's the lay. It comes down to market efficiency. But if it's always the lay, then it's always the higher price that you're taking. Um, and for this to be a, value, a profitable strategy or a more profitable strategy then the lay price would have to be value, not just the back price, which we know is value because it's plus EV on the tracker, but the lay price would have to be value. If you're just taking the lay price to manage your risk, and I can see where he's coming from, but he's wrong. He's like, well, the back price is lower than the exchange, so I shouldn't be taking the back price, so I'm going to lay it. Well, that's not how logic works. That's not how the mathematics work. He also professed he'd been around for 50 years. I couldn't tell if that was a joke or not because that would put him at over 70 maybe he is over 70 maybe he's crackers i don't know but there was there's just no reason whatsoever to be laying the win part of a bet and someone has suggested this on the golf tracker as well and i know that my analytics have shown that it's significantly reduced roi on the golf tracker but i haven't published those because the sample size of tournaments isn't enough but on the horse racing we did have enough so i had to look at 40,000 plus ev BB Algo horses. And I know the exact exchange win price of each one of those horses. Um, because when we document and download the data internally, we take the back price at that particular time. And exactly that time, the data gives us the lay price as well. So 40,000, not the lay price. It could be the 
it's the fair price. The fair price depends on market competition. Uh, composition. It could be back, middle, or lay, or last traded price. Okay, so one of the four. So I looked at all of them, and um, I then laid, well, did a little spreadsheet where I would do a unit win strategy to win £200 on the win component of each horse. And I simply laid at the lay the available price, the fair odds in the exchange. And simply placing singles on those 40,000 BB Algo horses would have returned 5.7% ROI. Laying the win part of every bet would have returned 2.7% ROI. And that does not shock me in any way whatsoever because why in any way whatsoever is the price on the exchange value it's not if anything it should break even if it was efficient which it won't be and then you have to factor in commission i used a three percent commission in that but it, it wasn't really that much difference if it was two percent three percent four percent or five percent so in fact the factoring of, of commission is just killing you and in fact it sort of stands to reason that your roi drops from three percent when you're paying three percent commission on each horse yes there's going to be some Examples of shared liability that I really couldn't be bothered to get into in my analysis. So perhaps it's a little bit higher than 2.7, but it's lower than the 5.7%. That's the important thing to remember, you know? So, um, yeah, Dunning-Kruger the hell out of that. Whatever it is that you're doing this weekend, make sure you get down to the local Ralph Lauren shop so that you can get your hands on 57 identical polo neck shirts because you have literally no concept on how to present yourself to the world. This is Tom, signing out. <laughs>